You're listening to the MoneyWeb Now podcast series with Simon Brown. Live streamed every weekday at 6.30 a.m. It's Friday, 3 March. Average U.S. 30-year mortgage rate back above 7%. I'm Simon Brown coming at you live and loud from the MoneyWeb studios in Houghton, Johannesburg. On the show today, chatting with Jimmy Moyaha to those results from first round. Man, they were strong, but then there were the results from Grinrod, perhaps even stronger. Uh, and then Danny von Furen, business development consultant at Sovereign Trust, acquiring foreign residency, essentially financial immigration. In this case, just from some passive income. And then some thoughts for me, RSA, retail savings bond back at 10.5% for the five-year fixed. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Morning headlines from MoneyWeb. Marion Roberts' share plummets 24% as further details on debt challenges emerge. That share is trading at the lowest level in 30 years of data. I've only got 30 years of data down at 170, never seen it so low. Business Day, MultiChoice ramps up streaming ambitions with merger with NBC Universal Sky Deal. And remember that uh, Canal Plus also owns just over 30% of MultiChoice. This is, uh, this is getting uh, weird and woolly. Morning markets, US was green, S&P up three quarters of a percent, NASDAQ up 0.9%. Asia is green, Sydney 0.2%, Tokyo up 1.5%. Commodities, all green, gold 1,845 dollars an ounce. Brent is up one cent, $84.44. Platinum, nine sixty-seven. Palladium, 1450 Rand is eighteen nineteen against the US dollar. Bitcoin, 22400 10 cent up 1.4% in the Hong Kong lunch break. And top 40 opening call, uh, green, 515 points up. That's just over 0.7%. <laughs> MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. Chatting now with uh, Jimmy Moyaha. Uh, Jimmy, appreciate the early morning time. Those first round, which is interim results, it's weird. They're sort of out of sync with the other banks, which all have a December year end. Uh, the first round has a June year end. A really good set of numbers. Earnings up 15%, dividend up 20%, return on equity 218 I mean, impairment 074 I mean, even their cost to income 50.7%. I mean, this really is top-notch uh, uh, results from, I suppose we can arguably we say, uh, our top bank in South Africa at this point. Yeah, morning, Simon. Um, absolutely. The, the, the results were nothing short of impressive, and particularly if you look at the climate in which everybody uh, mm. finds themselves in. And we know that for the longest time, your financials have sort of been more insulated from higher inflation and higher cost cycles and that sort of thing. So it's not unexpected that you'd see uh, a good performance out of the banks regardless, but this is still on top of that, still a a really good um, performance. And I think what's notable here is that despite the good performance, the share price was down about 1% yesterday. And first Mm -hmm. has always had this thing, well, I mean, at this, at this level, right? So historically, if we look back um, anywhere between a, 69 or 68 to 70 rand a share. The the share price has never really held above that apart from a uh, period last year in February where we got almost to 80 uh, mm. rand a share. But now we it, it's interesting that is this now going to be the turning point for the share price to say that yes, 60, 70 rand is all-time highs and um, 
considering all the unbundlings and things that have happened in the past and all of that. So the, the, the share price here is at the best it usually is at, but now is it going to go push beyond this point or is this just um, stuck at this, at the 70 Rand range? And I think that'll be interesting to see when we get um, the, the third quarter results, possibly even full year results uh, out of them at a later date. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't noticed that. It, it really, really is stuck. And if we and if we take a simple three round twenty at, at uh, headline earnings, uh, double that, call it six fifty. It's a PE of just over ten. That, that that's not onerous by by any stretch of imagination. Uh, and of course, that dividend is chunky as well. Grinrod numbers. Uh, Grinrod. I mean, I, I it, it, as a Durban boy, it's the stock I've always followed. This really was. Uh, I mean, record numbers coming out of Maputo. I imagine the Transnet f- failings and Durban Port uh, Richards Bay coal terminal helping chunky dividend at 95.3 cents they really are a much more focused uh, group perhaps than they have been at points in the past and, and these were stellar numbers stellar numbers but also coupled with the fact that you've got so many gaps in the space that they operate in like you mentioned the transnet gap the container shortages that we've seen of late there's just so much opportunity for them and they're they're running with it so when <laughs> while everything is looking in their favor they're running uh they've set up a lot of things they're looking to expand their uh durban uh, port facilities they're looking to expand the maputo uh, facilities as well so by all accounts, it looks as though they are very, very focused on delivering where they can um, and positioning themselves to be um, sort of the key point for these sorts of logistics and transport uh, facilities whilst guys like Transnet are dragging their feet to fix whatever they need to fix and whilst things like container shortages persist. So they're they're doing really well to realign and reposition their uh, businesses and they're going to see the benefit of that in the long run. I mean, if they're they're so heavily invested at this stage, then by the time um, things come back to normal and you start to see container production come up and all of that, they're still uniquely positioned to take advantage of it, but you're now, you've now offered um, your clients an alternative to um, the logistics frameworks that they're currently used to. And if those alternatives come in at a lower cost or at a more efficient setup, uh, because they're also building efficiencies along their, their value mm-hmm. chain as well to get to those ports. So if you, if you manage to get that right and you uh, facilitate a smoother transition for your clients, your clients might never go back to the alternatives that they're used to. That's a great point. I hadn't actually thought of that. You, you kind of build it. Uh, folks are going there uh, uh, and, and, and benefiting, and then they kind of stay. And in many senses, I mean, Grinrod's almost a hedge against Transnet and, 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 and SA port weaknesses that we're seeing, which is hurting, I mean, it's hurting everyone from, from manufacturers to miners. Absolutely. And if, you, if you're considering hedges and you're considering six force majeures in the last 18 months versus Grinrod that's productive, it's a clear winner. Yeah, I like that. I, I, and, and they are. And your, your point is, I think, really great is that they're building it. Folks are using it out of necessity. But then they look around and they think, hey, this is working. This is a good price. This is lacquer. Uh, mm. And suddenly they stay. We'll leave it there. Jimmy Moyaha, independent analyst, appreciate the early morning. If seagulls were harder dolls who could afford to retire to the coast, what kind of bird would you be? Would you soar over the savannah or chase summer around the globe? You see, even when you stop working, your money won't. When you invest in Stanlib's fixed income funds, you can retire earning a regular income off your investments. Invest for more certainty at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager. MoneyWeb now on the money.
I'm chatting with Donnie von Furen, Business Development Consultant at uh, Sovereign Trust SA. Donnie, appreciate the time. Uh, one of the issues these days is, is looking for residency abroad. And of course, yeah, the old-fashioned ways, get a job and the like and, and, and sort of do it in, in terms of immigration. But there are easier, perhaps, ways, uh, financial ways. One of them, Financial Independent or Passive Income Program. Um, and having a look at the, at the data you sent out, some of these numbers aren't particularly high either. Hi, Simon. Thank you for having me. You're absolutely correct. I think one of the biggest misconceptions in the residency and citizenship space is that the only real option for me is to find some kind of employment abroad, Mm -hmm. perhaps take out large amount of capital and purchase uh, a property, perhaps. And we've come to learn, and, and of course, many South Africans have realized that there's different routes. So they are really categorized in three main categories, and one of them being financially independence or the passive income route, which is quite popular because it means that I don't have to take out a lot of capital. I've got some passive income that I can transfer monthly or annually to prove that I could look after myself in that jurisdiction and I don't have to be as invested in case I do want to come back. And importantly, this is passive income. So this wouldn't be, as I understand, remote work. This would be proceeds, perhaps dividends from from shares I own or something. Absolutely. There is a difference between your digital nomad visa and that of someone who is financially independent or receiving some kind of passive income from rental agreements. Perhaps they have income from their business. So again, it also is geared predominantly to clients who are looking to retire and they've got some investments that allows them to do that. And, and, and looking at them, and again, we're looking at Cyprus, Portugal, Portugal, Greece, Spain, uh, Mauritius, Thailand. They're fairly generous. I mean, you, you can bring a spouse. That's not unexpected. You can uh, bring children uh, and some of them with some T's and C's if, if they're older. Um, but even parents and, and, and in some cases, uh, very few, well, Portugal, even right to take local employment. Absolutely. I think generous is the good word to use there, Simon, because in many different retirement or visa applications for clients, they tend to say, Danny, we would need to look at what we do with my parents. Can we take employment? What about the children? So anyone who's whatever part they are in their lives at the moment in terms of residency and are looking to go abroad, they are not just looking for themselves. They are looking for their families, their parents. They are even looking in terms of employment. They have staff here perhaps or they would like to expand their business abroad and that would allow them to do so because like you said Cyprus, Portugal, Greece, Spain, Mauritius, wherever we go they do allow for that. Of course you're right terms and conditions do apply Mm -hmm. but they are really lenient and again progressive. And we're talking retirement here we're using that as an example but it isn't necessarily age-specific. Absolutely. It's not. And you'll see with younger clients who perhaps have businesses, they have interest, they want to go abroad, they want to have that residency option. One of the popular destinations, of course, being Mauritius or Portugal. Mm -hmm. They want to be able to work abroad. They want to not necessarily invest in that country. They'd rather have their investment somewhere else, maybe even locally, but they would like the opportunity to live there, work, perhaps even later get the citizenship through their, their physical presence there.
The other is the tax residency uh, program, which, which I had absolutely never heard of before. And this is essentially where you, you, you give up as a taxpayer in South Africa. And, and that's the process. And again, some T's and C's. And you become a, a taxpayer in, in one of these other uh, uh, markets, Gibraltar, uh, Malta, Portugal, uh, Cyprus, for example, you sent out. And that, again, gives you an ability with, without necessarily that requirement to go and, and, and buy an expensive property. Absolutely. And you'll see that some of those options do include the opportunity to actually take local employment. So it might not necessarily be geared for someone who is in a retirement stage of their life. It could be for anyone who's saying, I would like to live abroad. I want to be a tax resident somewhere else. I don't necessarily want to exit as a South African tax Mm -hmm. resident, but I, of course, have the opportunity to. And I'd love to benefit from a more favorable or neutral tax jurisdiction where I can invest live and perhaps even stay for the rest of my life. What about potential changes to these? I, I know that there's been changes a lot mm. to the golden visas. If there are changes, I mean, is it is it fair to expect a person to be grandfathered in? In other words, you came in under a set of rules and we'll keep those rules for you. It would depend. And first of all, you're correct in terms of the changes. It is something that we have to keep very close to as a group to ensure that we are ahead of the times when it comes to the changes, because again, it's at the the behest of the government. So if that local government feels like in Portugal, they've had that major change mm-hmm. recently. If they feel they want to make a change, we need to understand that and the clients need to be made aware of that. But in terms of residency versus citizenship, that is important in terms of differentiating between those two, because residency is more of a temporary nature, mm. and that would be the golden key into getting that citizenship, perhaps if that is allowed by the government. And there are rules around that. And then once you have that citizenship, you could then, of course, extend that to your family and your dependents. How, how long is the application process? And obviously, different per country, I imagine, but but broadly, because I know some of them. Mm. Someone did, immigrated to to Australia, and and it was a it was a multi-year process it does happen Simon I think it also depends in terms of the extent of the people who are you who you're including as in terms of your dependents Mm -hmm. if you have a lot of dependents the process might take longer if you have a lot of business or financial interest in South Africa perhaps abroad that would also impact it and of course we're dealing with multi-jurisdictional governments at this point so we would deal with how long does it take in South Africa to get what we need mm -hmm. sorted and how long would it take if we go for example to Malta or to Cyprus and that again you could look at anything from four months to two years okay so it, it can be a little bit chunky but i take the point there's multiple authorities involved in, in terms of the actual process i mean i'm imagining a fair chunk of of, of paperwork and expertise hence why the, the, the likes of you and, you and your team come in because I, you know, I look at this and it looks simple on a piece of paper but i imagine particularly in the paperwork dealing with governments not quite so It's not simple. I think the most important role is for us to have a consultation with the client to understand their long-term planning, Simon, because although you want to initiate an application to an authority abroad, it might not necessarily work in terms of your long-term strategy, your long-term planning. And a lot of time is spent consulting with clients to ensure Is this what they want to do? Do they understand the long-term effect? And how can we ensure it's as flexible as possible if there's any changes? We'll leave it at that. Danny Finfio in Business Development Consultant at Sovereign Trust SA. Appreciate the time.
And that's our poll today. Is is financial immigration something that you've that you've considered? I mean, it, it in some cases the golden visas. I mean, those sure you can go and live in Spain if you buy a you know a million euro apartment. That's not for most of us. But this was a, a whole different game. I mean, the the the, the Portugal. I think you need six thousand euros a year as passive income. I mean, that suddenly becomes viable. Uh, so is this something you're considering? Perhaps you've done it. Perhaps you're considering it. Perhaps you're just not rich enough. Have your vote. Have your say. LinkedIn and Twitter. There's no postponing the inevitable. Your money knew this day would come. And you know what? It can hardly wait to start giving some back to you. When you invest in Stanlib's fixed income funds, you can retire earning a regular income off your investments. Invest for more certainty at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager. MoneyWeb now on the money. Some thoughts on the RSA retail savings bonds. I mean, they're a great product, and their five-year fixed rate is back at ten and a half percent in March. It had been nine point seven five December and and and, and uh, January, February, and in fact, uh, November was as high as eleven point five. This is a fixed rate for five years, and it moves around. Importantly, not linked to the prime rate. This is linked to the the, the sovereign yields uh, from the South African bonds in the secondary market. So don't watch prime. Uh, the CPI linked is a uh, CPI plus. So you get a increase in your capital on CPI every six months and then a 5% yield paid out. In that case, it has to be paid out, can't be reinvested. That CPI one's a particularly good deal. But for folks looking for some income, uh, a reliable source of income, these are a great product. What is important is don't just rush off and think, you know what, 2022 was a horror year, tired of equity markets, let me go into cash. Over the long term, equity will beat cash. But for the right place, the right time, for a part of your portfolio, for someone who's looking for some uh, income, retirees, of course, a big part of that equation, this really is a great idea. You can also reset the rates if they go higher. Um, I think you have to have been in for a year, and then you can reset the rate and the duration. So if it goes, say, I don't know, to 11 and a half, you can say, cool, give me that for five years from your existing. The key point as well, remember, tax. This is taxed as income. There is a interest exemption. It is 23,800 if you're under 65 and 34,500 if you are over 65. Of course, if you are a couple, you can manage that and essentially double those numbers uh, with some uh, crafty tax uh, planning there because remember, spouses can donate to each other with no donations tax. So something worth looking at uh, if it's a product that you need. But again, I stress, don't just run into cash because last year in the market scared you. Last year was scary, but last year was not the long-term trend. That's it for today. I was chatting with Henry Larson, the Marin Roberts results yesterday as they swung to a loss. That is a, it is a horror story. I mean, small details like their Kloch Australian assets that also included the holding company included some of their mining assets. So the mining assets were perfectly good, but they go into business administration at the same time just because of how the structure was set up. We asked if construction is a sector that you're investing in, if it's a sector that you're looking. Almost two-thirds of you said no. 
it's a tough sector. And I agree with you, although I, I, I have traded the, the, the space from time to time, although I was long Marion Roberts and it was looking good. And then six months ago, horror stories, and uh, I got out with a small loss. A quarter said you were watching and waiting. The rest, less than 10%, say you like the sector, but with caution. Caution is definitely the watchword. Have your vote, have your say, Twitter and LinkedIn at MoneyWeb. This show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. We're live every weekday morning, the MoneyWeb website and the app, 6.30 a.m. podcast, just after 7. Thanks to my team, Eddie, Nobochle, Nicole, to you for listening, my guests for their early morning. My name is Simon Brown. This is MoneyWeb Now. We'll chat again Monday, time in the market, a fool's errand. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb Now podcast, posted every weekday at 7 a.m. on moneyweb.co.za. MoneyWeb Now, on the money.